0: Hello, I'm Paul Mill, and welcome to episode 27 of Defense Against the Dark Arts. This one is Why Am I Here and Why Do I Know So Much. This, of course, is the uh a a Richard Dreyfus quote from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh last night we were talking about this podcast and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I thought that line was kind of funny, so I'm using it for the title of this episode. Very few people are going to listen to this, so why not? Is this podcast a waste of time? Depends on the reason. As a tool to contemplate certain issues, it at the least benefits me. To get my thoughts out without closed-minded Marxists exposing me to their emotional fallacious thinking... It's exhausting getting them to define a word that we all know and then hold that word, hold that definition against what they just claimed and then watch their cognitive dissonance broil up at the inevitable emotional outbursts and, you know, pathetic mental gymnastics and assertions, you know, and the and incomplete thoughts sufficient to make them believe that they are still right. You know, it seems to be the same recurring, you know, Groundhog Day when you argue with these leftists. But I don't mean just leftists. I mean there are some people. Leftists are decent people. I'm talking about the conditioned ones that are close-minded. What's the point to handhold them you know, towards rational truth, only to have them recoil like a vampire in the light? You know they're, they're, these people are. They're not lost forever, but they have to come to the light on their own. And some people just don't have the strength of character to face the fact that their assumptions to fit a narrative are wrong. It's like those Japanese soldiers who continued to fight in the jungles of the Pacific Islands for decades after the war ended because they would refuse to believe that Japan surrendered. Which brings me to the Maoist takeover by Marxist useful idiots. They're, they're just a tool. They, the takeover obviously will be by the, the Chinese Communist Party or the Communist Chinese Party, whatever, CCP, (laughs) right? I think I might try to interview and explore the anti-white hate and the fallacious stereotype of that thinking. You know, the, the people who are propagating this, the fallacious stereotype, stereotypical thought. Those who are critical thinkers in academia know this is fallacious reasoning. Know, the, the the fallacious reasoning of stereotype, and yet they ignore it when the fallacious thinking is in favor of promoting the division and hate against the ruling whites for the for the goal of the the Maoist takeover. This is the same play the Maoists used. The Maoists used ruling classes versus the victimized class in order to overthrow China. So they only minorly tweaked it to further. You know division of skin color because china is a non-inclusive homogenous society whereas the west is an inclusive diverse society that diversity of ethnicity is a great source of division if played correctly so i have one word for the fools in academia who think as agents of change you will be somehow rewarded by your new masters there is only one lord of the ring only one who can bend it to his will, and he does not share power. In fact, as agents of change, you will be the highest priority for assassination. You will have shown that you had the influence to change the old society. So in order to prevent you from disrupting the CCP's regime, which you've proven that you can do, you are sentenced to immediate death with severe prejudice, and probably your family, your extended family, and even your close friends. They will not keep disruptors under their regime. Fools. But I am not smarter than anyone else, and I, if, if lowly old me can see this, certainly the big brains who study this shit in academia can also see it, so they know They are agents of change towards cultural Marxism. They know they are agents of change towards being ruled by the CCP. Surely they know what happened to the agents of change during the Maoist Revolution. Some of the you know radical students may have been rewarded, but the intelligentsia was killed. Perhaps they fancy themselves just loyal to the cause of the horrors of Marxism. Useful idiots. Those who think they are impervious to brainwashing are the easiest targets. Their ego does not allow them to recognize that they are just useful idiots. The perfect target. If you were to search for brainwashing targets, where would you look? You would look for the most egotistical group that could never believe that they are wrong. An egotistical group that could never believe that they are susceptible to manipulation, an egotistical group that could never believe that they could be the useful idiots of someone else, especially the Chinese. University professor is the first type, the first stereotype, I guess, that would come to mind that fits that checklist. Academics with deeply flawed personalities are the most plausible group that would fit that bill. I'm not crapping on the personality flaws. I'm simply pointing out how they are a vector of attack. So, we found our perfect targets. What's the best method to manipulate that group? Well, considering their professors and their egotistical, I would guess that appeal to their intellect would be the best vector of attack. Even though some of them may be smart enough and actually earn their degree and know that appeals to intellect are a vector of attack, we are all susceptible to targeted attacks. So they may still fall for it and be successfully manipulated. The problem is you can fool some of the people sometime, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Therefore, there must be some in academia who know it is a vector of attack and they are aware and they are susceptible that they are susceptible as anyone else so they are self-critical and therefore have not fallen for it and therefore they must they must see the uh, attempts of conditioning around them they must see the the attempts of the attacks on their their colleagues so where are they where are the big brains who actually earn their degrees who are smart enough and self-critical enough to be resilient against the targeted attacks by the cultural Marxists. I don't hear them. Do you hear them? They must either be too scared to speak up or knowing they will be killed by the CCP post-revolution are suicidal or nihilistic or both. (laughs) Otherwise... Why are they speaking up? Why are they saying something to try to stop this? They know the purge of intelligentsia post-revolution is inevitable. Perhaps they are deluding themselves. More character flaws. Perhaps this is why nihilism is a large part of the cultural Marxist's ideology, a critical component component of the uh, serious manipulators roadmap. You would think there must be a vast... Ministry of Social Conditioning in China. Well, there's the National People's Congress, uh, the highest organ of state power. They supervise the State Council, which is responsible for state administration, the State Central Military Commission, which is responsible for the military, the Supreme People's Court, which is, guess what, responsible for the judicial and then their top prosecutor. All of which are controlled by the CCP, which is controlled by the General Secretary, who is a member of the Politburo Standing Committee, which has seven members, who are members of the Politburo. The Politburo has 25 members, who are members of the Central Committee, which has a couple hundred members, who are members of the Party Congress, which has a couple thousand members. In the Politbu- Polit Bureau, there are three sensitive portfolios that are considered crucial by the Chinese Communist Party to maintain party rule. And they are Organizational Department, which is responsible for recruitment of party members and their assignments to jobs across the party and state, the legislatures, state-owned corporations, universities and other public institutions it's important to pay attention to what the they find is are important things to control right so the first one was the organization department the second uh, important uh, portfolio uh, that they figure is critical for the survival of the party is the propaganda department also known as their publicity department. It's responsible for the party's messaging and for control of the media and ideology. They specify ideology. They also manage the leaders of the Ministry of Culture and the General Administration of the Press and Publication, radio, film, television, the Academy of Social Sciences, news agencies, and other media organizations. So any kind of publications... Of course, the propaganda department, right? But what's interesting that they hold near and dear in the middle of the propaganda department is the Ministry of Culture because they are fully aware how culture was a tool they used to overthrow the last regime. And the words they used were woke and all the words you hear coming out of critical race theory and critical theory. So the central, the third uh, critical portfolio that they figure is, you know, critical, <laughs> I say critical 10 times is the central commission of politics and law. So we have the organization, the propaganda and politics and law. So those are the three main, um, portfolios. The politics and law, one oversees the security apparatus, the courts, prosecutors, state security, bureaucracy, the police, military, and paramilitary forces. Now you think, wow, what, what paramilitary forces? Well, the main paramilitary force in China is the People's Liberation Army. So the People's Liberation Army is a paramilitary force it is not an army that serves the state. It is an army that serves the party. The party's army is the People's Liberation Army. It has around two and a half million people or more. Wow, right? So it serves the party, not the country. Jesus. The People's Liberation Army has four main departments, and they are the General Staff Department, which are, uh, is in charge of operations, cyber warfare, communications, intelligence, force structure, mobilization, foreign affairs. They're spies and spooks. The second part is the general political department. So they're responsible for the communist party affairs, personnel, military, media, uh, cultural troops, and security. Cultural troops. Troops, as in T-R-O-U-P-E-S, as in actors, cultural troops. That's in the general political department of the PLA, the the party's army. (laughs) Right. So these these are their priorities. Then the third of the four uh, departments is the general logistics department. They're responsible for financial affairs, audits, housing, food, logistics, crap. And then the general armament department department, which is, you guessed it, weapons, equipment, research and development, electronics and information infrastructure, and their manned space program. It's run by the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, which is the parties, not the countries. It is the party's army runs their research and development and their manned space program, as well as the electronics and information infrastructure and research and development. Not the country, the party's army. <laughs> right? So the uh, the National People's Congress, that's the head echelon, also has ethnic affairs, foreign affairs, and Chinese affairs committees. I mean, overseas Chinese committees. So to review, they they know they need to control the the state legislature, corporations, universities. Other public institutions as well as propaganda, news media, ideology, ministry of culture, publications, radio, film, TV, internet, the courts, prosecutors, police, military, and paramilitary forces. Pretty iron, tight at grip, but this is this is what they the the Chinese Communist Party knows is essential for their survival to control all of these aspects. All of them. If they start cracking, right, they need that the ministry of cultures and ideology is of critical importance. So, yes, there is a vast ministry of social conditioning that is spread out over many organizations and groups, but under tight central control. I don't know the dollar or the amount of resources the CCP puts towards social conditioning, but it is logical to think that it is a vast amount. So our academics in Western countries have to know that they are targets of the cultural Maoists. The CCP used certain tactics, cultural especially, to overthrow the old regime. And they know that, that those tactics can be used to overthrow their current regime. Therefore, in order to survive, it is logical that, That it would be the CCP's highest priority to have the People's Liberation Army, the PLA, well funded to prevent their own tactics from being used against them. Knowing its proven uh, offensive capabilities, it would be logical that the regime would use this program against Western nations. And indeed, these tactics are being used in Western nations. We can infer that the CCP is behind it, but we don't have to. They admit it, and they claim they will be completely in control of the USA in a decade or so. So I imagine the corrupt weaklings and Canadian government have already handed the keys over to the CCP. So those... In academia those in academia that are are doing this are therefore uh, useful idiots to the CCP or short-sighted and bought off or actual Chinese agents. both useful idiots and those who are bought off will of course be the first to be killed by the regime post renewal. those bought off will be the highest priority kills, since they flipped on their own culture. They have demonstrated disloyalty to their own, and they will certainly be a liability to a foreign cultural revolution. So bang, bang. Lights out, buddies. Were these people bought off with the illusion of lasting wealth? You know, a rational person would know that when you're bought off by a regime that hates your culture and literally has a ministry of ethnicity, and you are not that ethnicity, you better spend that money quick because you do not have long for this world once they take over. (laughs) Can these academics be that short-sighted? Well, let me tell you about a friend I had. I had a friend who had $50.00 and his car was almost out of gas. So what'd he do? He went to the beer store and ran out of gas in the middle of an intersection. This is a grown man we are talking about. Yes, he has a very selfish personality, and yes, he probably has a drinking problem. But regardless, this demonstrates how short-sighted humans can be. The CCP just needs to send out this attack And some of those in academia won't be that short-sighted, but some will. So it's worth a try. And the critical race theory just needs to take a hold for it to spread and and to silence the cowards. So, lo and behold, our big brains in academia are that short-sighted. Or egocentric enough, or naive enough, or all the above. Because the evidence clearly indicates our big-brained academics did not earn their degrees. This is one of the problems that can arise when we no longer value merit, which is part of the attack. The Chinese certainly value merit internally. The CCP think in longer terms than Western nations. It's uh, not beyond the realms of plausibility to think that the CCP would have the concept of first weakening academia via devaluing merit to the point where integrity is phased out and replaced with people with deep character flaws that do not have the integrity to recognize it. Egocentric, short-sighted, naive fools. Now, no plan is a hundred (laughs) percent successful on a scale like this. So there has to be, you know, those in academia who are intelligent enough to see what a schmuck like me can see. So where are they? Silent? Scared? Short-sighted? Bought off? and Therefore not long for this world? Or naive, non-critical thinkers who are easily tricked into believing what the manipulator wants? I guess the CCP doesn't really need to know the details of how their system works. You know, how how critical race theory silences the smart ones. All they need to know is that it did work on China and it may work on the West. Like us humans with early electricity, we didn't know what the hell it was, you know, but we knew enough to wire it up, you know, to lights and, and to use it. So the CCP need only to try it. And if it works, it works. It's a complex system and the details may not need to be known in order for it to work. Just because we do not totally understand the mechanism does not mean that we cannot use it. It worked, it exists, however there's no guarantee it will work again, or even if there was causation by their actions. Perhaps something like that was ripe to happen, regardless of the catalyst or the, the techniques used. Like how we would have a Hitler, regardless of Adolf, you know, in the nineteen thirties Germany, regardless, you know, of who who was in charge. The conditions were ripe. Germany was embargoed. They were under sanctions during the Great Depression, which created a very desperate people. And Hitler had doctors and handlers shooting up literally with meth and coke. I didn't know meth existed back then. But yeah, this guy was getting shot up with meth and coke and all kinds of crap. And, you know, many people in that same environment would have acted similarly in a macro way. I would say that the cultural Maoists actions probably had some causation to amplify or close the deal, but those conditions and times are long gone. 1960s China is not the West in 2021. People of the West have different values, different beliefs, a liberal culture of individuality, freedom, and justice versus the Chinese culture of collectivism and ethnicity. In the West, only failed humans of the radical fringe with deep character flaws actually believe in the values of Marxism and communism. So cultural Marxism must be rebranded, augmented with an illusion of what it could be, not what it is or will be based on the CCP's amoral actions. There is no more racist regime than the CCP's. They appeal to China's expatriates, Uh, uh, racial pride, the pride of the earth's ethnic majority to help their motherland against all others around the world. There are, of course, some bigoted Chinese supremacists, but there are, of course, some free thinkers who are not racist, but critical thinkers who see what the regime is doing and disapprove. So where are their voices? Silent, silenced, or censored? Big tech is silencing voices against the cultural Marxists' narratives and ideologies. Big tech has been manipulated to silence dissent against the CCP. How? Appeal to the intellect of those who work in big tech? Would an attack against that character flaw work, you know, on those big brains of Silicon Valley? Coders' studies were mostly of coding-related nature back in school. They most likely would not be mentally prepared for the nuances of a cultural attack. They probably share the ego of the academic. They probably built a large part of their identity around being smart. And that is the weakness, the character flaw, the lack of humility, which is a viable vector of attack. Being able to admit you're wrong is probably more common in programmers than academics, as coders have that feedback from objective reality with every line of code that they write. It doesn't matter how badly they want to believe the code works. If there's an error, it will not work properly until they find it. So coders probably have the the capacity to admit that they are wrong more than the rest of society because their job demands it. But since they may not have studied manipulation techniques, it may be difficult for them to realize it without the immediate feedback of that code. I mean, like they, they might have a difficulty realizing that they're wrong without the immediate feedback. Without that feedback, they may assume that they're right. And if they have big egos, it may be easy for the manipulator to pull their strengths. Do they have the capacity to realize that a successfully manipulated person would not notice that they are manipulated you know, without being self-critical? If they are self-critical, the seed may be planted and they may eventually see and call out the Marxist cultural attack, saving themselves and our civilization. We all have the capacity. Therefore, some must achieve this. Big tech is still censoring. So the critical mass did not achieve this in big tech. know. Or or they're, for some reason, remaining silent. So there must be whistleblowers who are being fired and deplatformed by big tech. Our, Our hope is on the shoulders of academics and workers in big tech to stand up, speak out, and do what they can. Can we count on politicians and journalists? No way. They are dutifully carrying out the Marxist cultural revolution. Obviously, not every single one, but on the whole. Just turn the news on and listen. They have demonstrated a lust towards cultural Marxism, possibly believing power will be shared by the dark one. This is a test of how resilient our society actually is. If we pass and destroy cultural Marxism, we will be more resilient than ever. If we fail, those of us who are not of ethnic Chinese uh, ethnicity will be purged from existence like the Uyghurs. And those who survived will be living in a global totalitarian hegemony. Hegemony, which will inevitably collapse at an exponentially fast rate. Others whose job it is to see this type of thing must have seen it before me. Intelligence agencies around the world, or were they the first to fall? It would not be beyond the powers of the Dark One to chop the head off the chicken in order to kill it. The heads of intelligence agencies need to be vetted rigorously, critically, and continuously. The heads of intelligence who are uncorrupted should demand verification of the veracity of their honor and integrity in a perpetual fashion. Any head of intelligence who does not do so has something to hide, or is being paid off, or is an arrogant fool, all of which should be fired. What other methods would you use as the CCP against the heads of Western intelligence? Perhaps a mafia style threat to their families or more likely a closely examination, a closely close examination of the target, study them, learn everything about them, and then tailor a customized attack for that specific head of intelligence. Controlling the head of a foreign intelligence agency would be a major win for the CCP so they would logically devote a lot of resources towards that end. But foreign national leaders would be an even bigger win. (laughs) Of anyone out of society, you are more likely to find politicians have character flaws, some vanity, some power, a whole cabinet of power, (laughs) of character flaws, power flaws. Politicians would probably make easier targets than intelligence officers. So Canada's Justin Trudeau, this guy is a walking cabinet of character flaws and he's anti-national to boot. He likely has already given the keys of the nation to the CCP and all the nation's resources and money as well. But there must be some deep state intelligence people who are smart enough to see this happening, right? Where are they? I don't have much faith in those in the intelligence community, but they had to have had people expect and call this out preemptively. I don't believe the intelligence community could be that incompetent to miss something on this scale. Regardless of reputation, I believe there are some big brains at Intel who know their job and see the cultural attacks and and broke down the vectors of attack. The FBI's actions and the CIA's actions indicate structural failure in those uh, institutions. They've been compromised. They've clearly embraced the woke agenda of the CCP. Smaller forces like regional police are too stupid to do anything other than capitulate and create diversity inclusion and equity departments as per the demands of the cultural Marxists. But it is shocking to see larger forces capitulate to the foreign cultural demands. Is there no countermeasures in our society against cultural Marxist attacks? If there were, the globalists at the UN probably would have dismantled it for their version of a globalist takeover. The Great Reset versus the Belt and Road Initiative, two globalist regimes fighting it out, trying to weaken the people, right? Then, you know, it it appears, though, that the, the World Health Organization And other globalized, globalist organizations of the West have already been compromised to the control of the CCP. So it's really just the CCP's horse versus the West's horse being controlled by a CCP jockey. So what can we do? Fight globalism. We are the chipping sparrow whose nest is being invaded by the parasite of the brown-headed cowbird. The cowbird lays her egg in our nest so that when it hatches, it will kill off our babies by its sheer size and then we feed the monster and bring it to life after it killed our children. Right? The CCP has laid its parasitical egg of cultural Marxism and those chicks have hatched and are killing off a substantial percentage of our cultural chicks. Can we kill off this parasite before it finished killing off our chicks? The board is set. The pieces are moving. We come to it at last. The great battle of our time. It's not up to me. I'm doing what I can by making this message in a bottle. The big tech sharpshooters are shooting at all the bottles like this being thrown into the sea in the internet. Hopefully, this can get through the gauntlet to someone intelligent enough to listen and critical enough of a thinker to see the truth and to see the manipulation. So, to you I speak now. Those who have values of freedom justice, fairness, strength, and resilience wired into your genes. Have that little voice in the back of your head that has been noticing the signs. That little voice is you yelling up from the well, see the signs, do something. Why am I in a well? (laughs) Could I be trying to manipulate you? Absolutely. Am I? No. If I am, you know, manipulating you to... Think more critical. Use reason and logic. Does that sound like someone who's trying to manipulate you? It sounds like someone trying to show you how to think and not what to think. I looked at critical thinking online education games for kids, and they were mostly correct, but there were some very worrying big wrongs. Uh, They correctly explain you know, inductive generalizations, but they conflate deductive logic with stereotypical logic, which is wrong. It appears to be an attempt to erase the concept of deductive logic altogether. There's a difference between logically valid and untrue versus a sound argument. This is a major concept for critical thinking. It's a simple one, but it's a major one. And for them to try to erase that is a giant error. So, Teaching that critical thinking is all based on on, on stereotype is spooky as hell. Some online game is not proof of organized misleading of our youth. It could be evidence of it, or evidence have, of how little our coders know about critical thinking, which could explain big tech being so easily manipulated to be in the pocket of the ccp or perhaps the coder was actually in china and in there they do not understand the concepts of critical thinking and then now that disease is being further pressed over into our society by using online games my recommendation is go buy old hard copies Old textbooks of logic, reason, critical thinking that were printed before the Maoist cultural attacks on our society. I don't know how long or or when exactly the the CCP started their attack, but I do know that uh, there were still some valid textbooks written as recently as the 1990s. So where are the voices of our big brained intelligentsia? Where are the voices of our intelligence communities? Where are the voices of our cultural leaders? Where are the voices of journalists and politicians? Where are the voices of everyday schmucks like you and me? Where are the enlightened voices of reason speaking up about this cultural attack? When reasonable questions were asked about the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis, who shut them down? Why? Who did not stand up to defend them? Why? The board is set, the pieces are moving, we come to it at last, the great battle of our time. Your deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised.